power. Number two. <laughs> Sounds like I got cut something caught in a zipper. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you on board. Good to have you on board. Um, uh, the breaking news of the day, if you're just tuning us in, and many of the, the network stations are just uh, joining us, but uh, the New York Mets have indeed been given permission uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers to talk to manager Craig Council. So Council will now be speaking with David Stearns, and uh, we'll, we'll, see what, uh, we'll see what transpires there. But uh, I just... They're not talking to get to know each other. They're talking about contract. They're talking about contract. I mean, what do they have to talk about? Philosophically speaking, how Craig Council likes to manage a team? They wanted to ask him about the Jesse Winker at bats. Right. They just wanted yeah. to, to, to question him about that, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you could possibly to discuss the open managerial position. Uh, Craig, do you want it? Uh, I, uh, you know, I don't know. You know uh, what if we threw $20 million at you? Oh, okay. We can actually buy players. Okay. Okay. Cool. On my way. Um, yeah, I it, – it, I think on one hand, it would be disappointing as a fan. I, I would wish Craig Council nothing but the best because he has been, since the day I walked through the doors of Wisconsin back in early 1999, he has been nothing but gracious. His family's been nothing but gracious and wonderful and awesome, and uh, I've, I've loved every minute that I've had a chance to get to know him. Uh, on the other hand, as a fan, I hate to see him leave because it's kind of like mission unaccomplished. Because he really, really, really wanted to win a championship here uh, with the Brewers. Um, but it would also raise an eyebrow to me of the indictment of then the organization or the wall that they're butting their heads against. And I, I would also maybe think that there is something bigger behind the scenes. That, and I go back, and again, I go back to the day that Josh Hader was traded. And Mark Atanasio stood there, straight-faced, looked right in the camera and said, it's not about the money. We're in on the Juan Soto deal. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, ask David. It's David's, you know, that's David's decision. That's not mine. Knowing you just imploded a, a clubhouse. And Mark lied. That, that, was, that, was, that was the major faux pas of Mark Atanasio. Up until that point, I think he's done a magnificent job as an owner. He's done everything he possibly could within the, you know, restraints that he's working under. Uh, but that was the, that might have begun to be, that might have started the beginning of the end. I don't know. I'm speculating. I don't know. But that, that was when you are in the midst, you're leading your division, you're in the midst of a pennant race. And you blow up your back end of your bullpen in your locker room. It just, no. And do you do it for money? No. Nope, 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 nope. I, I think that was the beginning of the end. That's just me. I, and maybe, who knows? Maybe he talks to David and says, hey, David, I really appreciate the offer, but 
I'm a brewer through and through, and I want to see this thing through, and I want to go back to the brewers. Or he says, you know what, thanks for the offer, but, you know, hey, uh, great to get some coffee. Thanks for the trip to New York, and uh, I'm going to just hang with my family and chill the rest of my rest of my days. I mean, that that's completely wonderful, too. I mean, whatever he decides, I'm, I'm good with, but I, I, there's a part of me that just is like, ah, God, you know? Just kind of, kind of bothers me. So anyway, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So yesterday, uh, for those that uh, saw it, I did make an appearance um, on uh, uh, Scotty Farrell's Coast to Coast, and I, I love Scott. You know that I have him on the show every year at Super Bowl. We love to sit down to dinner and we go out and hang out, and he's he's a riot, and we have a great time, and and he you know he he has certain isms about him and he he loves Kristen oh my god you know uh, the way he talks behind the scenes so they called me up yesterday and they said hey we want to talk to you about Giannis and we want to talk to you about Jordan Love I said okay great so I, but I found out Scott wasn't a part of the show yesterday he's on vacation so I was with Carver High and one of the one of the thoughts nationally was there's no way in hell Giannis is signing in little old Milwaukee again. It's not going to happen. He's got to move on for the sake of himself, for the sake of franchises, for the sake of the league. He's got to move on. He's got really, I mean, they were counting on him going to New York, okay? Or somewhere else, like uh, someplace out west, whether he was going to end up with the Lakers or maybe moving on to Boston or whatever. I mean, but or Miami, whatever. But he was – he's got to leave Milwaukee. There's no reason to stay in Milwaukee. And I st- – and, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is where I can – I don't get a chance to do this very often. But I get – every now and then, as they say, the, the sun shines on the squirrel finding the nut. And every now and then I happen to be right. Not often. I'm an idiot 99% of the time. I'll understand that. I, I know my place and stay in my lane. But in this particular case, I knew it. I knew behind-the-scenes stuff. I felt it, and I said this. And I said, uh, you know, look, two things. One, the front office has to at least show the impetus to say, yes, we will do everything we can to continue to win and keep that championship window open for you. But secondly, Milwaukee's his home, man. The only American home he's ever known. He came from Greece to here. His family's here. His kids were born here. He is loved here. He has been able to express his feelings here. He's kind of owned the city. The question yesterday that Grant you had was who was the most important sports icon in the state of Wisconsin uh, or player in the state of Wisconsin ever. I mean, you could look at Giannis and almost throw him into the justification of that discussion. Him, Brett Favre, you know, you could look at that. You could talk about Robin Yount staying in Milwaukee as opposed to going for the money and going somewhere else. You know, but he didn't bring a championship here. He kept people interested in Brewers baseball, and they loved the guy, but he didn't win a championship. They got to the uh, 82 World Series. God, that's all we know of. They got to the 82 Series, and that was the extent of it. There's been nothing since then. So what is – who would be the most important sports figure in the state of Wisconsin? Now, if you go figures, you could talk about Bob Harlan. You could talk about Bart Starr. You could talk about Vince Lombardi, who the trophy for the NFL is named after. You could talk about Barry Alvarez and the restoration uh, of what went on with the Badgers. You could talk about Bo Ryan taking uh, after, you know, after the, the program kind of took a, a little bit of a dive with Soderbergh after the fact that all of a sudden he came and, and restored this thing to prominence and took him to a Final Four in a national championship game. So 
there's a lot of things we can look at in the state of Wisconsin that makes what we have today extremely relevant. You know, you could look at Dick Trickle. Thank you very much, Rick Harris. You could look at Dick Trickle and what he did. You know, you could talk about racing in the state of Wisconsin, NASCAR in the state of Wisconsin. You could look at the negative side of things. Who was the most important figure? But Giannis not only came here and gave this t- this town, the state, a championship, but basically on his back, they built an entire section of downtown. They built the Fiserv Forum. They built the Deer District. They built the hotel next door. The restoration of the Grand Avenue Mall came from some investment, outside investment money from the owner's of the Bucks, there's other areas that have been invested in by the ownership of the Bucks. Re- restoration of downtown, the expansion, uh, now processing downtown of the convention center. The city has become, uh, it, it hasn't become, it is expounded upon its, quote, major league label. There's so many different things you can talk about. So I, I said that I never thought he was leaving. And all he did was sit down yesterday and verify that. Take a listen. I won't be here. There's no secret in that. Everybody knows that. But um, it feels good to kind of, you, like I stress a lot of people out, you, you know, and I don't want to be the reason that a lot of people are stressed out uh, because my life is really, really stressed out and I know how I feel. Um, so if, you know, uh, if I can make it easier on, you know, the organization and my teammates and, put us in a better position to win the championship. Heck yeah, let's do it. There you go. He even talks about his family, about his kids, about his wife. His kids are born here. Their passports say they're from Milwaukee. His family's here. His brothers are on the team. I mean, there is nothing more this organization could have done for him than what they've done for him. And if he would have left, he would have been the biggest lying hypocrite He would have overtaken that pedestal from Aaron Rodgers. So there was no way he was leaving. None. No way he was leaving. I think it's pretty cool. You know, of course, he chose Milwaukee, and and we're happy to have him regardless of his reasoning, Bill. I think it's pretty cool that he says, look, if if my contract isn't locked up through a certain, you know, time window, then every time we lose this year— or every time something happens, my contract is going to be at the front line. Everyone's going to be talking about it. It's going to be this big distraction. And I think it's cool that he recognizes that. Like, look at James right. Harden right now. He could He's the biggest distraction in the league with what he's doing for the Sixers, for his teammates. And Giannis is like, I don't want people talking about my contract. So I'm going to sign it, and then we can actually just focus on basketball for the next yeah. couple of months. That's I, really I, cool. He is, he is, James Harden is the most self-centered horse's ass in the league. I mean, I thought Kyrie was that, but James Harden has now taken that, taken that mantle away. I mean, it, it just—he's uh, just an implosion, and has, in my opinion, he doesn't have value. I mean, it, unless he went and added something to say the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, maybe as as that piece player to, to give John Morant something better than what he has right now. But he demands the basketball. He doesn't play defense. He's a bitch or whiner complainer. And then when the postseason gets here, he disappears. What value does he add to any team? And, oh, by the way, the minute he's not happy, everybody's a liar. He wants out. And if you don't – but and then he took the money. That's the other thing. He took the option. He opted in, took the money, and then demanded to get out. I mean, he's I, – I, I, I hope he never plays again. I hope he, he's like – 
Latrell Sprewell. And now, granted, Latrell Sprewell actually attacked a coach and said he couldn't play because $11 million couldn't feed his family. But I hope he's like Latrell Sprewell. Once that happened, Latrell Sprewell was gone forever. They're like, okay, talk to you later. Get out. We don't need you. You're not that damn good anyway. And I, I hope this is the end of, of James Harden. I, I really, really do. I hope it's the end of James Harden. Uh, this is Giannis talking about why Milwaukee. I'm very loyal. Even though you might hurt me or, you know, do something to me, I always like try to forgive you and see the best in you. Uh, and when you were there for me in the beginning, I'm there for you for the rest of the, our lifetime, you know, and for the... The Milwaukee Bucks organization, they've been there with me uh, since the beginning. They changed my life. They changed my family life. Um, my kids were born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's what the passport says. You know, my mom is here enjoying her life. Uh, my dad spent a couple of years here before he passed away. My brothers went to school here in a private school that, you know, before I came here, I wasn't able to afford in my, my lifetime. Uh, my kids are going to a private school. Uh, they've changed my life in, tremendously. I'm extremely happy. I know the in and outs of the city. The the city shows me a lot of love. Uh, and also whenever I go out there and have time with my family, they also give me space, which is crazy to me. You know, when they see me on the street, they give me space. Um, they respect me who I am as a person, what I've done for the city of Milwaukee. And for that, I, I can't turn my back. You know, not now, not in the future, not never. And I want to be committed. I want to give back to the city of Milwaukee. We won one championship, but I, I believe that we can win a second one. And I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do what I always do, try to have fun while playing the game. And uh, I hope I can uh, create another parade in the near future that you know 600,000 people the whole Milwaukee can be out there celebrating, no matter you know the color of your skin, white, black, everybody was out there you know, celebrating something that happened after 50 years. So for me, I cannot take that lightly. I hope that... Uh, we can do that again. I am going to support the city of Milwaukee. I am going to remain here. I don't want to leave. Not now. Not ever. Hopefully people kind of wake up and realize he's got a commitment here. He's got a commitment here. And and for the next four years, for sure. But, uh, you know, he's got a commitment here. And that is for all the crap that I've given him over some of the comments regarding it's not about the money when you take all the money. Uh, he he absolutely positively lived up to his word. He, he put his money where his mouth is and said, "I not now, not ever. And if you are a Bucks fan or just a Milwaukee fan or a Wisconsin fan, you have to appreciate where he's at. And that is a very, very powerful statement. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by uh, Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Whether it's gaming, great food with numerous restaurants inside, or the 360 bar to have a couple cocktails, the bingo is back, sports book, or the hotel itself, which is just stunningly beautiful. Hotel and casino, that is go to PaysBig.com, PaysBig.com, Potawatomi Hotel Casino. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, Jan Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. 
incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at But if you still have the need for speed and maybe somebody that loves speed or racing and finding out how fast their vehicle or bike can go, check out our friends at GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. The oldest continuously operating track in the world. Season passes right now for 2024 on sale. So call them 262-302-2138. 262-302-2138. That is GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. And a 2024 season passes now uh, make great stocking stuffers. So if you're thinking about that, and I hate to get there that early, but we're in that season. You know, all you got to do is go look around at a lot of the uh, retail outlets and uh, they pretty much, once the uh, candy was gone, or at least most of the candy was off the shelves, boom, they they went straight from that. I mean, already, you go to, like, Hobby Lobby and stuff, and all the Thanksgiving stuff, all the fall stuff, it's, it's, it's on sale. It's clearance. It's pushed to the forefront of the store, and now it's all Christmas all the time. All that stuff is. So there you have it. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, you got Packers back in the practice field today getting ready. For Minnesota, we talked a little bit about the Brewers, a little bit about the Bucks, and Giannis. I wanted you to hear that. Uh, I want to go back to the original question: Have you changed your win outcome for the Packers this season? Grant, have you reevaluated and said, "Okay, I think the Packers are going to win this"? I thought or that coming into this year that they would win between six and nine games. I still think that they can win six games. I, I think they could get to six or seven wins, and I think they could play their best football in the second half of the year, which would be ideal. That would be preferable anyways. Um, so, no, I, I haven't changed my expectation a, at all. I think six to nine wins is is still right in the window where I expect this team to be. Let's let's reevaluate. Okay, let's go through this. Uh, coming up on Sunday, you're picking the Vikings or you're picking the Packers? <sighs> This is a cop-out answer. I'm kind of done picking Packers games because I think they're going to win a couple games the rest of this year, Bill, that will shock us. Like, they'll, right. they'll win like the Vikings did against the Niners. You have to factor a couple of those games in. I would not pick the Packers this weekend, but I think it's totally in the realm of possibility that the Packers win. I can see the Packers beating I, the Rams and the Vikings the next two weeks. Yeah, I no, I agree with you that they could win. I'm simply looking at recent history and is poor. I mean, garbage as the offense has looked. Could you pick them this weekend against the Vikings? I, and I'm only basing this upon what I've seen over the last, well, since the beginning of the season. I mean, at the beginning of the, beginning of the season, they had 10 points in the first half against the Chicago Bears. They scored 10 points in the second quarter against Atlanta. 
And since then, they haven't done anything. It's been two field goals in four games, and that's all they've been able to muster in the first half of ball game. So they've regressed. So there's no sign there that makes me say, oh, my God, this, this offense is going to be on track. So my question is, when you start to look at these teams, I now have to look at a defensive battle. And can this team hold someone under 20 points and get the Packers near 20 points to win a game? So if I've got to, if I've got to pick Vikings, no, they're going to lose that game. Rams, no, they're going to lose that game. Steelers, there's no way in the hell they're going to score 20 points against the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers may only score 10. They could win that game in Pittsburgh. The problem is the Steelers' defense, I, I have no idea how they're going to score points in that game. The Chargers, as inept as they are, can at least score points. Can't see them winning that game. They're not going to win against Detroit uh, on Thanksgiving Day. They're going to take an ass beating. Kansas City? The highlight of that game will be how much we get annoyed by Taylor Swift's presence. That'll be it. Do you think she's coming to Lambeau? Oh, I think it's probably on a bucket list to go to Lambeau. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, if there's one place you want to go watch a game in the world, it's Lambeau. Now, whether or not she has a suite to do it in, we'd have to wait and see. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool to have Taylor Swift at Lambeau. I'm no Swifty, but I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. The only thing that I'd be looking forward to is if I happen to get a ride up in the elevator with her. You know, if we're coming up into the suite elevators and, you know, she's got the entourage and whole deal and uh, I get a chance to be in the elevator and, and just look at her and go, God, um, yeah. Uh, do you ever get tired of the coverage of the, well, of course not. Well, then you annoy the hell out of me. Beyond that, I'm getting off here. I'm going to have a broad. You Come know on. what's going to happen? You're going to be in the press box, right? I'm going right. to be at home watching the television broadcast, and I'm going to send you a picture. I'm going to say, Bill, look at this. And it's going to be a picture of the, the TV broadcast pointing at Taylor Swift's yeah. suite. And it'll be Taylor Swift and Donna Kelsey and Ryan Reynolds. And then who's that? Is that Mike Clemens? How did <laughs> how did Mike get in there? He's over there in the corner talking to Hugh Hugh Jackman over by yeah. the buffet. How did Mike get in there? And that's going to be half of his conversation with us on Monday. There's a true story, and we're going to have to ask Mike about it, about how I can't remember all the details, but it was basically, and I wasn't at, that, at this one. There was a um, Super Bowl in Arizona. And this is back uh, probably a few years before I started going to every one. And Mike was there. And Mike was there with one of the reporters from Wisconsin. And they ended up going to the Beyonce Jay-Z party trying to get in. Because the guy that Mike was with kept saying, oh, I, I know people. I know people. I'll get us in. And the guy was telling me, he said, I sat there at the door and I was talking to the, the, you know, the people guarding the velvet rope and they wouldn't let me in. They wouldn't let me in. I was trying to drop names and this, he wouldn't let me in. And he said, all of a sudden I look over in the middle of the dance floor. There's Mike Clemens. Mike got in and it's like Jay-Z and, and Beyonce. They're like off to the side and there's Mike, like in the middle of the dance floor. Like Mike, Mike just found a way in. They're like, oh yeah, come on in. You know, like Mike's the harmless old dude that nobody's going to, you know, really worry about but Mike was in there next thing you know he's cocktail in hand and he's doing he's kind of dancing like the uh you know like the gopher in Caddyshack and uh, in the middle of the dance floor and I can so I I can I gotta hear, ask him about that again I can hear Mike saying it now I was at this party and and most folks yeah. know Jay-Z for his breakout album The Blueprint right. but what most people don't know is he's an outstanding line dancer he can really right. boogie to those honky-tonk tunes yeah it, it, it's Mike's going to have some backstory of some guy that who who he knew, who at one point in time knew Jerry Kramer and they were friends. And Mike started talking to him and he brought him in the back way. And yeah, it's, I, I can't remember the whole story. All I remember was the story went, 
couldn't get in. Jay-Z, Beyonce, the whole deal. It's loaded with celebs. And all of a sudden, they look over, and in the middle of the dance floor, there's Mike Clemens. I mean, amongst all the, all the, all the celebs. And there's Mike. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I have to ask Mike about it. I can't remember all the details, but Mike's going to have to share it with us at some point because was, it was one of the stories where I just kind of, on one hand, I wanted to laugh, and on the other hand, I went, that's Mike. That, yeah, that's Mike. He just, he just finds his way in. That's the way he is. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. Uh, we we got to talk a little baseball because uh, the Mets have been given permission uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers to talk to Craig Council. And I want to get uh, some takes on this. Um, we are hoping to get Todd Rosiak later this week. Uh, but coming up here next, we're going to talk with our buddy from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. Chuck Freeman's going to join us. And we'll talk with Chucker about this and about his thoughts on all of this. Because it just, I don't know why, it just, uh, it, it, it feels kind of sad to me, for lack of a better term. It just does. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you got to see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Michael's show. Breaking news of the day is the fact that uh, Craig Council has been given permission by the Milwaukee Brewers to talk to the New York Mets. And uh, it's like, well, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> they know each other. They don't have to talk about anything. All they have to do is figure out whether or not there's uh, the capability to work out a contract. So you're putting some numbers together to see if indeed uh, that would be feasible for Craig Council to then, um, you know, head off. To New York, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term. I mean, that's uh, that's probably about as simple as it gets. And to talk more about it, our guy from the Lockdown Brewers podcast, uh, Chuck uh, Chuck Freeman, now joining us on the hotline. Chucker, how you doing, pal? Oh, that's going to be a very short conversation, I would think. If uh, you know he wants counsel to join the Mets, I mean, what, what else do you say? You know each other. Uh, how much is going to cost you to us if you want to come here to join our ball club? That's a very easy. That's like a one sentence interview, isn't it? You would assume. I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, if you're Craig, you take the call. As a fan, Chuck, I'm disappointed because I wanted to see, one, him win a championship here. Two, I wanted to see him, like, right off into the sunset after doing everything regarding Milwaukee. I, I, I just always – it's always New York. It's always a big city that comes and pilfers what the Brewers or the, or the Bucks or anybody else has to offer. And then all of a sudden they go off and they have better careers and they do bigger things and better things in the Big Apple. And so I'm not looking forward to that, but I don't begrudge Craig. And I said this earlier. You tell me if I'm on the right path. When they got rid of Josh Hader uh, and then Mark Antanasio said, oh, no, we're in the Juan Soto deal. It's not about the money. But yet the Josh Hader deal was all about the money. And at the time, you're leading the division and you got rid of him just for money. 
to me, it was kind of that might have been that might have been the first like, you know, break in the wall, so to speak, that maybe there was like, what are you doing and why are you doing it? You're doing it just for money. So we're not going to win here. If you're not committed to winning, then what am I doing? And when you hear your owner talking about and he hasn't done this yet, but uh, well, we're cutting back. We're going to we, we're going to cut back on some of our spending. You don't want to hear that. You want to hear an owner like right. Steve Cohn, the owner of the Mets, talking about, "Hey, we're going to be we're going to be spending some money. We're coming at you, and we're 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 going to pay for this, 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 and you're going to have anything you need." So yeah, yeah, we all want council to stay with the Brewers, but let's face it, uh, this is a baseball problem too. This is this is a baseball program program that you know a problem that we it's been going on for years. We know this, um, and it's never going to get fixed. There's no salary cap. The Mets can spend whatever they want. The Brewers can't. You know the Brewers, their their idea of, of a you know going out and making some moves at the deadline are going out and getting um, Carlos Santana and Mark Canna. Mark Canna was a nice move, but you know when you're in the Mets, you're in the market for everybody. And the Brewers, well, right. you're you're in the market for maybe 25 percent of those guys. Uh, Chuck, is it good or bad that the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have uh, less had less money to spend at the beginning of the season than the Brewers did, are in the World Series? Well, it's it's a bad message for baseball because, you know, again, the people who say, well, you know, if you don't spend a lot of money, you can still get to the World Series. Well, you look at it every time the Brewers have been to the postseason, uh, the team that they've lost to has gone on to the World Series miraculously. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Arizona win in this series. I didn't see them I didn't see them beating the Dodgers, but they're on such a roll right now. And uh, you know, I was in that Arizona locker room after they uh, beat the Brewers um, in that in that wild card round, and I can tell you, man, that Lavallo has got these guys uh, on fire. Uh, he's got, he's got them on flames, man. He's 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 yeah. he's that that was their celebration in that locker room was a little different than when the Milwaukee Brewers celebrated when they uh, won the division. I mean, that, that there was some passion in there. I was like, wow, this team could could do a few things, and they got a, a few stars. But if you look at Arizona; they're not much. I mean, how much better are they than the Brewers? They got, you know, they got a couple of stars on that team, but again, this is a baseball problem. I mean, Arizona, I mean, Philadelphia, uh, Bryce Harper bragged after the game the other night. Uh, well, you know, this is what you, you, you're playing for this type of, uh, you know, you get to the postseason, you spend all this money. This is why you spend all this money to get to the postseason. The Phillies did it and, and it didn't work for them, but uh, you know, Arizona, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think they're just hot. They're just playing some good baseball right now. And, you know, I'm not even pull. I'm not pull. I don't care who wins. And if it's not the Milwaukee Brewers, it doesn't matter to me who wins. Right. No, I agree. I just, I look at it on one hand and I, I see Baltimore. They won their division, one of the smallest payrolls in baseball. Mm-hmm. Arizona, they're going to the World Series, a smaller payroll than even the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. What I keep hearing from people is, well, you got to spend more money. you got to be in on this stuff. But then again, you look at the way these teams were built. They lose 110 games or 104 games a couple of years ago, four or five years ago. And then what they did was they took all those draft choices. Every The cream all rises to the top at the same time. That's the way you build a championship. We saw the Cubs do it before tearing it back down. Sometimes it's not about spending the money. It's about spending the money on the right people at the right time to come together. So I – I, I, on one hand, I get the fans' frustration with not spending money. On the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, where is the organization? Are we just treading water here, or is it on the on the upswing? Is it on the downswing? Are they getting ready to blow it up again because they don't want to pay these guys? I mean, th- that's the frustration of being a Brewers fan. Well, they have a lot going for them in the minor league system, and those guys are going to be coming up. We saw a, a couple of these guys this year. So, no, I think that the, the team is on the upswing. 
Uh, now, if these young guys don't pan out, they're in trouble. Uh, the, the problem in baseball is, well, with the Mets, you could go out and get yourself a ready-made player. Now, right. I'm wondering if they're going to trade Pete Alonso. I mean, you got a guy like that, but you know, I mean, I'd love to see a guy like that with, at first base for the Milwaukee Brewers. So mm-hmm. um, that's the problem. You, you you can't go out and get yourself some ready-made guys. You're hoping that some of these guys in the minor league system, you got Jackson Churio, one of the best prospects out there, uh, and who will have a shot at making this team in the spring, but that's the guy you're counting on. But then when these guys become stars, a Corbett Burns, Brandon Woodruff, when he's healthy, then you're worried about losing them, Prince Fielder a few years ago, uh, to another team. You know, you're, that's, the, right. that's the problem. Well, you know, after the arbitration, control, so you, you, you get tired of hearing about, well, we have three years of control with this guy, two years of control with this guy. The Mets don't talk right. that way. They don't care. They, right. They'll just go out and give themselves another player. You know? Right. But look where yeah, it got yeah, the Mets. Yeah. Mets are not ter- big. It's $400 million, and they were terrible this year. Right. I, I agree. I, 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 and same with the Yankees. I mean, the top two teams spending wise were the Yankees and the Mets. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, yeah. n- neither of which did very well this year. So I, it's not that money's going to buy you happiness, so to speak, or the unbelievable quality players that are going to get you to a championship. You can't just spend your way to it, but it sure as hell helps when you know your ownership group can say, let's go do it. We want to win as opposed to, well, we sure. have to figure out, uh, you know, our winning percentage is going to be based upon what our actual budget is. Rather than your product being, you know, the money being based off of your product, your product's being based off of your money in Milwaukee, and that's the difference. So I can understand if Craig Council decides to leave. Do you think he ends up in, in New York, or do you think he's – because I thought Matt Arnold at the end of the season sounded relatively optimistic that Craig was going to actually be back. If he was managing at all, he'd be in Milwaukee. Well, he's making about $3.5 million with Milwaukee. The Mets probably could get him five, six, seven million dollars uh, out mm-hmm. there. And, and this – this notion that people say, Bill, that, well, he's a Milwaukee guy. He's been with the Florida Marlins. He's been with the Arizona right. Diamondbacks. He's, play, he, he's been with other uh, as a player. So to say, well, you know, he's not going to go to the visa. No, that's not true. That's not true. Because at the end of the day, he's a competitor and he wants to win. And if he wants a chance of getting into the World Series. Now, let's face it. If he goes to the Mets and within two years, they're not winning games. He's going to lose his job. That's right. the way it works with in New York in those big in those in those teams. We're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to give you the team, and if it doesn't work out, you're the fall guy. So yeah, it could also go where he goes to New York and doesn't doesn't have success, and he's out of there. Uh, whereas here, got a little bit more of a job security. Do you think it's a four-year, thirty-five billion dollar contract? Boy, it could be something like that. I'm thinking. I was thinking like six or seven million dollars a year. Uh, again, a, quite an upgrade from what he's making right now, right. Uh, three million. And he's one of these guys who's always said too, managers should be making more money. You know, these players, their their salaries keep going up. How come managerial salaries don't go up? So he's and I get it. I I, I totally get it because you know they're on the road, they're traveling, they're with this team, they're they're working, they're trying to get this team. You know, their their teams to win. And yet, you know, some of these guys aren't are making anything compared to what some of these players are making. So, but I'm thinking he's going. Uh, I was surprised that uh, Mark Athanasio gave the Mets permission to talk uh, unless there was some sort of compensation there because uh, Athanasio has been one of those guys who's held firm all the time. He said, nope, yep, we're going to wait till the contract. You, know, you want right. to talk to our guy? You got to wait till the contract is up. Well, the contract's up till October 31st. That's a few days away, but he's given the Mets permission. Uh, so you think he's gone? Oh, yeah. 
I think so. Yeah. I would be surprised if he's coming back. Um, no inside information or anything like that, but if he's interviewing for the job, he knows if he, if, if he wasn't interested in the job, what are the Mets going to tell him that he doesn't know? The only thing that would be holding this back is a contract because he knows what he's getting into. He's been to New York. He knows David Stearns. He knows the organization right. over there. He knows what he's getting into. The only thing, Bill, I would say that would prevent him from going is money because as a competitor, obviously he wouldn't even be talking to the Mets if there wasn't, a, I think, a serious, um, serious notion that he's going there. Right. Yeah, and you may be right. It may be just uh, something to the effect of, hey, I think I you know, want to be paid more, and Mark doesn't want to pay him. And which, again, yeah. goes back to, you know, for a couple million bucks a year, could you have kept one of the better managers in baseball? You know what I mean? Or and even, I, I, I mean, Mark could look at it as, hey, I'd rather spend the money on players than on a manager. But, it, you know, I mean, look what Craig Council has done with less more than any other manager in, Nash, in, in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I don't even know if it comes down. I mean, it could come down to money. I mean, like I said, it's going to kill. He knows how much the Mets are going to pay him, probably. I mean, through word of mouth. But then, when when you get by the money, he knows you have a better shot at winning in New York than you do in Milwaukee. I mean, it's flat out. You have a better shot yeah. at going to a World Series postseason. Here, you know, he's trying to head up. He's trying to have to put things together and just hoping and praying. I mean, he had a pitching staff here that was great this year. If the pitching staff wasn't was half as good. Bill was as half as good as it was. Right. They don't make the postseason, but their, their offense was just terrible. They're trying to do it in bargain basement, but again, it's a problem with Major League Baseball that's never going away. Yeah, and I can only imagine what the job that he would do in New York. Uh, I mean, then again, you're also yeah. jumping into a division with the Braves and the Phillies and now the surging Marlins. Sure. You know, it's not going to be an easy division. It's not like this division where you basically have one team every year that you're kind of looking at going, okay, maybe they could win it besides us. I mean, he'd have three or four legitimate teams around him that, you know, would all be beating up on one another trying to get themselves to the top spot. So I get it. So, Chuck, uh, what, what's your offseason hold now for the Lockdown Brewers podcast? Oh, we're doing it daily, Bill. Lockdown Brewers. Um, we're on Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your downloads. We'll be talking about this today on our, on our next podcast. Lockdown Brewers. Get us on all the downloads. And, of course, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Search Lockdown Brewers. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell. Virtually every time. We drop an episode on YouTube. We're there 30 minutes a day, and we're talking, we'll be talking about this a little bit later on today. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Hey, uh, let me know. I hit you up over on uh, the, uh, the the party page, but let me know if you need a room, man. Oh, coming down for the sweater? Yeah. I may have my 12, I may have my 12-year-old that day. Oh. The problem is if I bring my 12-year-old, he'd be hitting on all the women that night. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good thing. Well, let us know because <laughs> you haven't made it yet. So you, uh, you, you've got that invitation. You've got that opportunity. So let us know. All right? I, I will do that, Bill. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Chuck Freeman from the Lockdown Brewers podcast joining us for a couple of minutes uh, talking about uh, the fact that the Brewers have given the New York Mets permission to talk with Craig Council about the managerial position in New York for the Mets. And, uh, you know, he believes he's gone. Uh, that this just comes down to a matter of money and working out a contract. And I said that at the beginning of the show. I mean, what do you got to interview about? You know, your managerial style, your philosophy, how you incorporate numbers into decisions. Come on. You know, this is strictly about how much do you want? Here it is. Okay, I think I should have been paid more in Milwaukee. I did more with less. I'm the winningest manager in Milwaukee Brewers history, and they don't want to pay me anymore. Okay, all right. How much you want? All right. Okay, cool. Here, sign this. All right, we'll announce it after uh, – 
you know, no, at, right after the World Series. Great. Talk to you later. I mean, and that's all it is. That's all it is. 877-867-1670, You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Hey, uh, you got a big weekend coming up. The Nice Ash, downtown Waukesha. They've got uh, the costume stuff going on and the Halloween party coming up on Saturday night. They have got uh, some good music coming up this weekend as well. Live entertainment every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 13 different flavors of hookahs. They have a huge walk-in humidor or just great bartenders. A lot of fun and a terrific place to go. Rest, relax, see some good people. Downtown. And if you haven't been to downtown Waukesha, man, whew, they have really fixed it up. And the streets that they've been doing over the years, uh, pretty much refreshed, revamped, revitalized, redone, more parking. It's just been a, a breath of fresh air. That is downtown Waukesha, the nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, to be exact. See you there. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 couple of things to think about as we start to venture into colder weather. I don't know if you saw what the weather's going to be like coming up next week, but man, uh, hard freeze coming. So if you have not uh, thought about maybe winterizing boats or motorcycles or anything like that, um, yeah, hard freeze coming. Because I think the uh, low coming up like next Tuesday is like 20, 21 degrees, something like that. However, you start thinking about warmer weather and trips and next year and such. But if you're thinking about a couple of different things, one is maybe you just want to get away come February, ditch the snow shovel, maybe a trip out to uh, Vegas for the Super Bowl, just to go out for the fun and frivolity and festivity. Who knows? I mean, all kinds of things happening. Or maybe you just want to think about getting away on a cruise, a family cruise, international vacation. Our friends over there are cruise planners, cruise planners, land and cruise vacations. Kirk is the guy to go to. And they can put it all together for you. Good, good people. Very smart when it comes to all of this. And they can give you the best deals. 262-344-0697. 262-344-0697. Again, 262-344-0697. That is Cruise Planners. Land and Cruise Vacations. Call them from anywhere in the United States. 262-344-0697. That is our friends over there at Cruise Planners. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we are going to um, talk with Scott Grodsky from CBS 58. We'll talk with him about both the Brewers and the Packers uh, and get his sense on all this stuff and kind of touch base with him. 
And then uh, later in the program, we hope to check uh, check in with our guy Mike Clemens as well. Packers back in the practice field today. We hope to hear, uh, if we can, from uh, guys in the locker room, maybe even Matt LaFleur. If, if not, it'll be coming up tonight on the huddle. The huddle tonight, 6 to 8 on many of these same stations. So we've got to the Bill Michaels huddle coming up this evening. We're back in studio tonight. Next week, this time, we are going to be in Marshfield at Nuts Deep 2. So uh, if you're in the Marshfield area, come on out, whether you're in Marshfield uh, Rothschild, if you're in Stevens Point, if you're going to be uh, in the Wausau area, drive on over to Marshfield. Come out and join us coming up next Wednesday night, 6 to 8. We are going to be live in uh, in Marshfield, and we will have a special guest with us in Marshfield as well, a legend in Marshfield that is going to be joining us on site. So looking forward to that also. So that's coming up. So we're excited. So next week we are going to be in Marshfield, Wisconsin, and really, really excited about that. So coming up in the next hour, we want to get back into the Packers chatter and uh, have you adjusted your win total. And going through this, as we started to talk about a little bit earlier, when you look at the Packers, will they win against the Vikings? Will they win against the Rams? Can they beat the Steelers? What about the Chargers? Maybe the Chargers, the Chargers kind of inept. The Lions, the Chiefs, maybe they get the Giants in New York. Then the Buccaneers come to town. I don't know if they're going to even beat the Buccaneers. Can they beat the Panthers? Probably. Probably beat the Panthers. And then they got to go to uh, Minnesota to take on the Vikings before the Bears come here. So maybe one, two, three, four more wins. I said seven. Can they get to six? Woof. For what started out as maybe an eyebrow-raising optimism has suddenly shut off that spigot. As now we wonder what the hell is, is you know, if they're ever going to score again in the first quarter, for that matter. Another two hours yet to go. Great stuff so far. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up and coming back right after this.